Welcome to the Inclusive Growth Show with Toby Milden. Future-proofing your business by creating a diverse workplace. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. Um, today I'm joined by Michael Vella, and Michael is the co-founder and chief executive of Equip. And the one of the slogans of his company, Equip, is that staff retention wellness and productivity isn't rocket science, it's data science. And that really grabbed my attention because before I got into diversity and inclusion, I had a background in technology and working in project management of uh, website development and app development. So I'm a bit of a nerd at heart and uh, I really like the sound of the product that Michael and his team have created. And I'm particularly interested in how businesses can use technology to really scale up what they're doing around diversity and inclusion. And this is one of the chapters in my book, Inclusive Growth, which is available on Amazon, where we talk about cyber and technology, how we can make technology accessible for all end users, but also how we can use technology to really scale up what organizations are doing when delivering on diversity and inclusion. So Michael's product, Equip, uh, collects anonymous feedback from staff. Then they use data science to provide actionable answers to your productivity and employee retention woes. Pay rises and perks are just short-term solutions and they're quickly forgotten. And your workforce wants to be listened to and understood. So you can use Equip to give your HR team the support that they need to reduce toxicity, resentment and frustration within your organization. So Michael, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Toby. Michael, um, before we get into a bit, of, a bit more about the concepts that you're product is designed to address in organizations. So things like organizational trust, psychological safety, and the, and the behaviors between the leadership team and employees of an organization. Can you just let me know a bit more about your personal background and what led you into creating Equip in the first place? Sure, happy to. Uh, so my background is in tech entrepreneurship and, uh, and healthcare. But before that, uh, I grew up in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, and being from there, uh, my parents worked at the UN uh, and sort of coming from a UN family, uh, conversations around um, inequalities, particularly structural and systemic inequalities, was, um, was common, fairly commonplace. And uh, so I, it was really uh, a discussion that was ingrained in me from a very early age. That said, it wasn't really until I left you know, the nest that I realized what this means and how does this come into play on a day-to-day. It it really struck me that despite all being born the same, we don't all get to start from the same place. Um, And that reality has always really frustrated me and has been a driving reason for um, a lot of the things that I've done um, in my career to date and that I'm sure will continue to be the case um, moving forward. So that's really where the the, the founding premise for Equip um, lies, um, is can we give everybody the same chance to truly thrive, um, starting in the workplace. That's really good. And, you know, I know that those values that you grew up with are are really crucial and core to the the product or the service that you've created. So I alluded to this in the introduction that there's a disconnect between the day-to-day experiences of employees and the organization and the behaviors and what the leadership team are up to in a business. 
you know, what, what creates that disconnect and why is it really important that we address this? Yeah, so, so this disconnect can come about in, um, in a number of ways. Uh, and, and I'd actually argue that it's, uh, it's a combination of a lot of different small things. But some of the things that can uh, contribute to creating that is, is a mismatch in expectations between particularly leaders in an organization and then uh, their workforce. It can also be a mismatch between what people say and do in that organization and how the company itself uh, behaves. So really, in, in many cases, this disconnect starts with a breakdown in communication. And it's, it's really important to address that because when you leave it to fester, um, it can really hamstring a company's ability to respond and adapt quickly to business needs. Um, in a time like right now, uh, when we're in the middle of a pandemic, the, the the business environment, the work environment is changing really rapidly. And so being very adaptable um, is, a, is a really critical issue. What's really interesting is if an employee is telling you that they love a culture, um, isn't that a sign that there is no disconnect and that the communication is is going well? <laughs> so it could be. It, it could absolutely be. I think the question that I often ask myself and, and that I would challenge any, um, any leader of, of a business to, to ask themselves is how do you know really what employees, uh, that what employees are telling you is what they truly believe? How do you know that they're being honest with you? And, and that's really important to, um, to sort of keep in mind because um, oftentimes, even if we do like um, the business that we work for or the, the organization that we're a part of, it doesn't mean that, uh, that there aren't issues. Um, and it could very well be that you may not feel a completely safe or completely comfortable um, speaking up about some of those issues. Uh, and that's where, you know, it's, I, I think it's, uh, it's a quote by, by Peter Drucker. He said that the most important thing um, in communication is hearing what you, uh, what isn't said, basically. Uh, and I think that really stands, stands true in, in a lot of cases. And also, I think when you have an organization that isn't particularly diverse, what you'll find is that your, your kind of level of inclusion will appear high. Because, yes. uh, you know, every, everyone is, is pretty much the same. You get groupthink. But what that means is that anybody coming into the organization who feels that they're not a quote-unquote culture fit for the organization, um, you know, maybe their voice get, gets dampened. Is that, is that something that you've come across? That's a really great point, Toby. I, I, um, I absolutely agree with that. I think the, the second question that, that that brings to mind is um, who is speaking up? So who is it that you're hearing from mostly in the organization? Um, it's fairly common. It has been in, in my personal experiences in the past and um, through the conversations that we've been having at Equip uh, with different companies. It's, it's quite common that you hear from you know, the loudest 40% of the company and the people who are most comfortable to talk about um, the issues that they face at work. And oftentimes those people are part of the dominant culture. So the question really lies, like, what does the remaining 60% of the business think about, um, about this statement? Um, how do they truly feel? Uh, and it's, I think what's really important in, and the thing that we're really trying to tackle is how do you bring those people into the conversation? How do you have an inclusive dialogue between everybody in that organization so that the feedback really flows uh, and you can be very aware of what it is that people love about the culture and why it is that they love it. And, and conversely, why it is that they may not so that you can improve on that. 
So one of the things that you uh, focus on when you developed your your solution uh, and the research that you've done as part of that is is organizational trusts. What is organizational trust? How can we establish it? And why is it important to have that trust? So organizational trust is really trust um, within a company. The, the name sort of speaks for itself. Uh, and there's lots of research behind it. Namely, a, um, a, a seminal piece of uh, a, a seminal study that was conducted by Notre Dame and Purdue University, and that plus some of the subsequent research has uh, identified four core components um, to trust, and those are ability, in other words, how competent and smart you are or are perceived to be, um, integrity, do you do what you say you'll do, uh, benevolence, how much you have other people's interests at heart. Uh, and consistency, which uh, reinforces the other three and sort of serves as a, as a buttressing mechanism for the other three components. Um, and it's really uh, important to understand what those mean within your organization um, to really get a, a comprehensive picture of what trust, what trust exists within your organization and, and what are the areas that you can um, reinforce, that you can really solidify. So that's a really interesting way of looking at, that, at trust within an organization. And if we start to see trust break down in an organization, is that one of the reasons why people don't speak up or are there other reasons why people wouldn't speak up about things that they, they are seeing or experiencing in the workplace? Yeah, well, there are definitely a number of um, behaviors that, that contribute to the breakdown in trust. Um, and they can range from uh, serious incidents to really small uh, microaggressions or microincivilities, the, the types of day-to-day interactions that, um, that often get overlooked, but in the end do have a, a cumulative effect. So some of those things can be, uh, for example, um, believing that your voice doesn't matter or will be ignored if you do raise something. If you're concerned about potential backlash if you speak up, um, that also contributes to it. Um, it could be that you don't want to deal with scrutiny if you do raise an idea, if you do raise a concern, because that's a really uncomfortable position for you to be in personally. It, and also things like when you, uh, you you may not want to disagree with a dominant opinion in the business because you don't feel fully secure in your role, um, in your um, your standing within the company. So these are all things that really fall into um, the into sort of things that contribute to uh, the level of psychological safety that exists within an organization. Can you just tell us a bit more about what psychological safety is and in particular, how we can create more safety so that people can, can speak up? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, so psychological safety is a, is a concept that um, uh, has been, you know, really pioneered and, and heavily researched by Amy Edmondson at, at Harvard University. So it's a, it's a belief that you can raise concerns, questions, ideas, um, or even mistakes without the fear of negative consequences. Um, and it's a really important thing to nurture um, because without, without psychological safety and the trust that ensues from it, um, critical issues can really easily go unannounced and valuable ideas can go completely overlooked. Now, on the flip side of that, if you successfully close the gap between uh, employees and, and leaders by nurturing that psychological safety, you can increase things like productivity, 
the quality of, of work that's done and even the rate of innovation within a business. So some of the ways that, uh, some simple ways that uh, you can um, start to nurture that psychological safety, I'll sort of respond to that in, in three. Um, the first would be uh, to normalize open and honest conversation um, and acknowledge uncertainty. Basically, if you model the behaviors that you want uh, reflected by employees, that is a good place to start um, in establishing psychological safety. Uh, then it's also important to invite engagement from, um, from the people uh, that, that you work with. Um, so asking for people's input. That said, when you do ask for someone's input, it then, um, especially if you're putting someone on the spot by asking a direct question to them, then it uh, puts you under the obligation to respond productively to that. So responding respectfully, being appreciative, and um, giving a forward-looking um, response to, to whatever input is provided. Those are some behaviors that can really help to, um, to both increase psychological safety and close the gap between, uh, between a leader and, and employees. That's great. So you created Equip with your colleagues to address things like organizational trust, psychological safety, uh, looking at the, the behavior of leaders um, that, that can either break down or build up that trust and safety. So how, how does Equip work? What we focus on is um, internal communications as a way to, to encourage inclusive communication. So Equip supercharges your company's internal communications with behavioral science so that you can get more value out of every interaction, um, really with everyone in your business. Um, it's an anonymous platform that actively helps leaders and employees alike to speak up with uh, different ideas, questions, and concerns while delivering these um, in-app behavioral nudges that encourage inclusive, transparent, and consistent communication from all parties. Um, we've also developed a uh, tailored inclusion and uh, speak up metrics um, that allow you to track your, how your organization is progressing um, in real time without any additional effort or the use of long, um, tedious surveys, as is traditionally the case right now. Yeah. So um, you know, if I was an end user of, of, of your service, what, what would I see on my phone and you know, how, how would I use it? So as, as an employee in the business, uh, you'd be able to receive communications from anyone, um, any of the leaders within your company. Um, and respond to those immediately, um, completely anonymously. So it, it creates a, uh, a different paradigm from the communication that you're used to um, or that normally happens within the business where um, your, uh, your, your identity is always um, at the forefront. Right? So who you are is important to know, but in the case of feedback, especially when it's uh, feedback about things like concerns, it's important to create a space where people know that they're not going to face these negative consequences that, that could be contributing to, um, to psychological safety or the lack of psychological safety. So that's the first step there. Through that initial interaction, um, we then provide different behavioral nudges uh, that come in the forms of tips and suggestions um, on how you can communicate something. And, and that is actually reciprocal. So it's not just employees that get those, but also the leaders that are communicating in the first place. So how do you communicate a decision 
in a way that allows people to feel like they not, not only are being cared for. So this is really tapping into the benevolence piece of, um, uh, or component of trust, but also that you are trusting them with the reasons why uh, you have made this decision in, in this way. So for example, uh, communicating the principles by which a decision is made is something that is really important to do and um, has a, um, a really positive effect typically uh, when you do communicate something or communicate a decision, but um, is often something that we forget to do when we, when, especially in a time of crisis. Yeah, and, 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 and communicating at, at times of crisis and, and when working under pressure is something that a lot, a lot of organizations are, are very familiar with at the moment with the, with the pandemic. Um, there's some really cool features in your app. You know, for example, when, when a leader communicates a message employees have the opportunity of effectively upvoting uh, so that, that um, so that messages important messages uh, appear at the top of the screen um, and I suppose that gives an indicator to the senior leader that that that's an important topic for for employees as well yeah definitely so, so there are a number of self-moderating mechanisms that allow for the, the key signals to really surface or to be bubbled up um, so that as a leader, when you are interacting with employees, you can really focus on the issues that are um, most salient that are going to have the biggest impact, but also so that as, um, as an employee, you can not only communicate your own opinion, um, your own perspective, but you can also um, look at the other things that people are commenting, that the other forms of feedback that other people are providing um, and contribute to that as well, if, if, you, if that resonates with you. <laughs> So could you, could you give us an example of a real-life scenario of an organization wanting to use your app and how that actually does increase the inclusivity of that organization? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we uh, did a piece of work with um, a retail client not that long ago, and this was really in the thick of uh, the first wave of the pandemic. So... Essential workers were really the only people that were still going to work. This, uh, this company has a warehouse and customer care, and those were the only employees that, um, that were still um, going on a day-to-day. So a lot, of, um, a lot of others had either been furloughed or were working from home. Uh, but the company um, and, and comp- the company's leadership especially was really concerned about the well-being of um, their frontline workers. Um, so the people who are going to work every day and still had to. So this was a business that uh, used uh, that uses still an engagement platform and has created a really positive uh, culture of feedback. So they use that engagement platform to get anonymous feedback uh, regularly, and they check in with their employees all the time. And I would, you know, I would say that they're they're quite a, a progressive organization in that sense. That you know, some really good practices. We went in to help them um, identify what some of uh, the concerns that they aren't hearing were uh, or weren't hearing were at the time. Um, and simply by coming in as, uh, as a separate entity uh, and by uh, using our product, they were able to surface issues that were already taking place um, in the warehouse that was uh, limiting the, the productivity of, um, of some of those employees, um, but also some of the concerns about when the rest of the workforce started coming back to work, what that would mean in, um, in terms of their safety. And what that has allowed them to do um, is to open a, a dialogue 
that has been continuous with those employees, but as they bring other people in the business back into work, that that dialogue starts to expand and is actually bringing people in that um, until then didn't feel like they were able to voice some of those concerns in quite the same way. So um, this is, of course, the Inclusive Growth Show. And um, I'm interested to hear what your what you, what your take is on what inclusive growth means for for businesses so inclusive growth um, to me really means uh, bringing people with you so can you grow both as an individual um, as a professional and as a member of an organization um, and do so in a way where you are actively listening to the others around you and responding accordingly I think it's uh, it really starts with, uh, with that active listening piece. Without doing that, it's, it's difficult to understand even what some of the issues may be that, that you're, not, you're just not aware of, um, simply because of the, the, you know, the different experiences that you may have um, or the, you know, the focus that you may have on, on, on other things rather than sort of the issues that, um, that exist within sort of like interpersonal relationships. Um, so I think that's a really... A really, really important starting block um, for uh, inclusion and inclusive growth. Brilliant. That's that's such a great way of looking at it. Um, So if the person listening to this episode wants to learn more about Equip and what your product does for your clients, how can they get more information? Yeah, so you can find us um, at equip.co.uk. Equip is written A-E-Q-U-I-P. .co.uk. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. Our handle is at uh, EquipLTD. And um, yeah, you can always you know, feel free to reach out to us directly at uh, team at equip.co.uk. Brilliant. Well, thanks, Michael. There's, there's so many ways that, that people can get in touch with you. Thank you ever so much for coming on the show today and talking about the importance of uh, building organizational trust, developing that psychological safety, you know, the importance of the, the, you know, the gap between leadership behaviors and the experience of uh, employees day to day and, and how we can give employees a voice, which, you know, does help leaders of an organization, um, you know, put in steps to increase staff retention wellness and productivity and like you say it's it's not rocket science it's data science um and that's why i'm particularly interested uh going going back to that geeky side of me uh and how we can use technologies to to scale up uh in how we deliver on uh diversity and inclusion in organizations so michael thank you ever so much for joining me on this episode of the inclusive growth show Uh, and thank you for listening to this episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with uh, Michael today. And uh, if you know anybody who's interested in the topics we've talked about, please feel free to share this podcast interview with them. And uh, I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Inclusive Growth Show. Until then, take care. Thank you for listening to the Inclusive Growth Show. For further information and resources from Toby and his team, head on over to our website at milden.co.uk